Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, it's the Monday after a cracking long weekend. We've got so much sport and so many topics to get through today. Make sure you follow us on socials at Rush Hour Triple M and we'll ask Australian cricket captain Tubby Taylor, the former captain, whether the Windies win as the injection test cricket needed and Gussie, well, he's been caught up in a shooting in Brisbane, would you believe? But Dell. We've got another sailor joining us today. Yeah. Hello, sailor. Um, <laughs> so, mate, what's better than one sailor? Two sailors. I think, you know, Tristan Sailor's going to join us. He got to meet a bit of uh, uh, sporting royalty, which you two would love. He got to meet Tom Bate. He's going to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we know yeah. the Super Bowl teams are locked in. The Chiefs take on the 49ers in Super Bowl 58. But, Gussie, talk about excitement for you yesterday getting to call the final wicket. Let's have a listen. Hazelwood. Can he survive? Joseph into him now. Oh, he's knocked him over! He's knocked him over! <laughs> it's all over! Shamar Joseph gets his seventh wicket! He's run round the ground, the Windies are chasing him, and the West Indies have won the test match! The West Indies have won by eight runs! Smith, 91 not out! The Hoff's been knocked over off stump! And the West Indies have one of their finest, most famous victories of all time. Describe that feeling for us, Gussie. It must have been amazing. Oh, it was. Thanks, Jude. And g'day, Dell. Yeah, no, unreal. And, you know, normally if Australia lose anything, you get upset and you and you, you, you sort of go to the bar and you sort of try to work out why. No one was feeling that because the West Indies have proven over the last couple of days that they absolutely deserve to be here. West Indies cricket, you know, we all know it. We remember all the great moments and stuff. We want them to get back to some type of, you know, in the top five nations at least. We want them in every World Cup. So we've got a, a young man in Joseph that can oh. Actually, take them there, and there's enough talent there to be able to say, you know what, they can get better. But the moment itself, you know, eight runs to get. Obviously, wanted Smithy to to bring him home and get a hundred. But at the end of the day, it was great for Test cricket, Dill, that um, the West Indies won, and to be there next to Tubby, next to mm. to to, to Buffer Lehman was just Incredible. unreal. So yeah, great moment. Well, Gus, I'm really proud of you, mate. You, you, mate. you made that call and I had an opportunity to go back and uh, my mates go, mate, you should come up and go, no, no, mate, I've got to work on that. And I've got to say, <laughs> when I was at home watching it and listening to it, I'm going, come on, the Aussies. And then when the West Indies won, it's what cricket needed. It needed a yep. shake-up. And you know what? More day-nighters, please, Gussie. More day-nighters. You Love know what? Te- test cricket, absolutely. Yeah. The pink ball, it works mm. really well. One or maybe two um, each series. We need other nations, Jude, to actually get on yep. board and say they want to take it. At the moment, we play about 80% of the pink ball test matches. But Aussies love it. We love having a drink after work. Oh, yeah. and, uh, we love that whole thing. So, yeah, it's been a wonderful couple of days up here in Brizzy. Dell, so many, so much uh, news around the NRL space. The Cowboys have axed Jason Taumalolo and Chad Townsend as captains, and the club has announced the move confirming Reuben Cotter and Tom Dearden will captain the club in 2024. Yeah, look, I don't mind this. Look, with a guy like uh, Jason Tamalolo, he, you know, he's one of the greats of the club and Chad Townsend's obviously not getting any younger and it's a new generation now. So I don't mind this. Going into uh, the future, you know, you've got Ruben Cotter, who's, who's an outstanding uh, talent, obviously leads from the front 
and Tommy Dearden, you know, he's obviously signed a new deal there. I reckon it's a good move up there by Toddy Payton. And it, man, it doesn't stop their leadership no. as well. You can step back and just uh, just get the next ascension, don't you? Yeah, well, sometimes it takes pressure off them and just let them play. You know, someone like Chad Townsend there too, he doesn't need to worry about it. He just needs to go out there and play. And, you know, I know he's part of the Triple M family. He does a good job up there. Now, there's growing speculation that new Rabbitohs recruit Jack Whiten could make himself available for selection for the Blues this good. season. Great. You know what? I'm a rugby league fanatic, and you want to see the best players play Origin. Jack Whiten is in my top 17 New South Wales team every day of the week. Mm. Uh, I've coached him in the All-Stars. He's a good bloke to have in, in your team. He, I would pick him at 14. If he's not in your starting team, he's your perfect so 14. Style, yeah. He can play in the back row, play centre wing, and you know what? Uh, he, he brings a good standard of football, and then obviously you'll have Latrell Mitchell back there too, guys. So uh, as hey, we can get... We can get Latrell and Tommy in the centres, Teddy at fullback, and then you've got the yep. four team with, with Whiten. Yeah. Oh, look out, Queensland, baby. Yeah. Look out. Yeah, yeah, we're worried like we were last year. So, oh. Yeah. oh, wow. Oh. Now, Bulldogs CEO Aaron Warburton has declared the club won't block any move by Tavita Bangai Jr. to make a shock return to the NRL. Yeah, this is what I like about rugby league. On, on, look, he left a $750,000 contract, and obviously, I you know whether it was a year or two years. Okay, you know, the Bulldogs went in a different direction. Mate, he's a young man. Uh, I know he, he was saying he didn't like certain parts of rugby league. Mate, I, I don't care. If, if you give an opportunity for a young man to come back and play, well done on the Bulldogs and, uh, you know, TPJ. If he wants to come back and play, good luck to him. Now, Gussie, a couple of stars over in the US have uh, yeah. really tried to take on one of the clubs. Well, this was absolutely bizarre. So David Letterman and Billy Crystal, obviously legends of, uh, of entertainment over in the States, actually went on uh, Letterman's YouTube channel and said that they had purchased off Russell Crowe the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah. There he was, Letterman <laughs> sitting in there in the South the Sydney sort of track tracky hoodie situation. He's actually owned some indie cars and he's also been a part owner of the Mariners in baseball. So he's no stranger to actually owning sports clubs, but... This one he was saying he wanted to own because he wants to do a similar sort of doco, a bit like mm. the Wrexham one with Ryan Reynolds. But it's come out as an absolute hoax. But because Souths are playing in Vegas, Vegas, they're absolutely milking it, and rightly so, and good on them for doing it. As much publicity as possible to get some people to, uh, to get involved in that game and, and make sure they get some support stateside. Oh, it's great exposure, oh, isn't it, Dale? That's that's what you're doing. Uh, uh, Peter Volandi's obviously doing a good job taking us over there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was sort of against it uh, a little bit going over there, but this is great. Yeah, Mate, the, excite, the excitement yeah. around up here in Brizzy. I've already gone speaking to 1,000 yeah. people that are going to Vegas, and they are pumped. We're talking oldies kicking goals, Gussie. Yeah, off the back of the Australian Open, Jude, uh, Rohan Bopanna and his Australian partner, Matty Emden, defeated an Italian pair in the final of the doubles down there at the Australian Open. They won 7-6, 7-5. He became, at 43 years of age and nine months, the oldest man to win a Grand Slam title in the Open era of tennis. Now, he's not the oldest of all time. Martina Navratilova holds that. She was 49 and 10 months, wow. so nearly 50 when and she won a mixed doubles with Bob Bob Bryan, who's actually one of the best doubles players of all time. But it just shows you that age means nothing when you've got that sort of talent. So I got us thinking, didn't it, about oldies and how the, sometimes at 40 or the new 40, mm. the new 50, the new 60, you can 
nothing should hold you back from having a crack. It's so inspiring, absolutely. I, I know my uh, my late grandfather, he was 85. He was in a nursing home and he decided to take up road cycling at 85. What? He was just so That's random. Awesome. And he goes, I want, awesome. to, I want to do this sort of uh, road race. And he had to train up with my uncle sort of following him out in the, on the highway. He ended up riding 550Ks. and uh, Stop it. Yeah, he did this whole ride. We rode in with him, all the, all the grandsons, rode in oh. with him for a couple of kilometres and to the nursing home and they'd wheeled out all the old ladies and the like and he got, interviewed, he got interviewed and they said, what do the old ladies think of you doing this road race? And he said, oh, well, they, they don't know where to look with all the lycra I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, mate? Any, any old, oldies yeah. kicking goals that you've known? Well, it's funny, you know, it's been, it's been a big couple of weeks for me with the family. So uh, at Matisse's 21st, I'm sitting there, you know, head of the table and and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and my father and my father-in-law, uh, Hockey Vernon, he's a bit of a scallywag. He's a bit like your, um, a bit like, uh, your father-in-law. Anyway, so he's talking to Tristan and then Matisse is there, it's her birthday, and then he's throwing his wife under the bus talking about, like, you know, throwing the leg over. And oh. I'm like... Oh, oh yeah. hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. What age are we talking here, Dill? Mate, Hockey Vernon is 80 and oh. then and then um, Tara's mum's 77, 78. Hey, surely you shut it down once you're about <laughs> 70, 75. Surely that's hey. your time, but... He's, you know, he's the best father-in-law. He's so charismatic. Oh, well, oh, we'll mate. throw it out to our listeners anyway. We want wow. our oldies kicking goals, those ones, those inspiring stories. Adam's given us a call from Penneth. Adam, tell us your oldie that is kicking all those goals. Yeah, well, um, my uh, mum, uh, she's 73, she's going to be 74 this year, and mm-hmm. uh, she's continuing to do rock and roll dancing. Her doctor said, uh, continue <laughs> doing what you're doing because uh, <laughs> it's keeping you, um, you know, Keeping you healthier and stuff, and um, her partner, who's 80 years old, uh, 81 uh, next month, uh, next week, he's um, also doing the rock and roll. Rock dancing, and roll so. dancing. So, yeah, what is rock and roll dancing? They just listen to rock and roll music, and they do like uh, they flip each other around and stuff. It's yeah, like that's proper. It. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You'll, yep. be, you'll be up for a bit of that, Gussie, will you, or not? Well, Vix wants, Vix wants me to do ballroom dancing with her. She oh, wants me to do a few things just with her. I. At the moment, I've been able to shoulder arms at it through to the keeper, but I think at some stage I'm going to have to step up, at least have a crack at it. Your flat feet, look out. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Let's go to uh, Kerry there. Kerry, how are you going? I'm well, and yourself? Good, Good thank Kerry. you. Uh, mate, you've got to tell us, uh, what about oldies kicking goals? It was my grandmother. Yeah. She was about 85, and the, she was having some tests, and the doctors had discovered she'd had a heart attack. Ooh. So they asked her, when did she have the heart attack? She said, no, she couldn't. She'd never had a heart attack. And they said, are you sure? And she said, well, I was teeing off at golf one day and I got the most excruciating pain in my chest. She said, I actually had to wait for a while for it to ease. But I finished the round. She played on. That'll be when you've had the heart attack. Oh, my God. (laughs) She's played on with a heart attack. Toughness. (laughs) Talk about amazing. (laughs) Let's go to Stephanie Manana. How are you, Stephanie? Uh, good, thanks, guys. Mate, tell us hey, about brother. the oldies kicking goals. Uh, well, my old man, being a pom, he uh, played uh, top-grade soccer until he was 42. Uh, mm. Decided then that he was leaving it up to us younger kids to play. Decided to drop down to play uh, third and fo- uh, second to third-grade football yeah. and only stopped playing because uh, an 18-year-old jumped up, kneed him in the back and broke his shoulder blade. Oh. So how old was he, Stephen? Was he... 62. 62. 62 when he stopped. 
See, yeah. that, if you've got something you're passionate about and you hold on to it, it keeps you young at heart yeah. and it probably keeps you going too, like keeps, I don't know, your, your body a bit 100%. more looser and ready yeah. to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go Fantastic. to Philip in Taramara. How are you, Philip? How you going? Good. Thanks, guys. Mate, um, oldies kicking goals. What do you got for us? Yeah, my dad's um, 81 or 82, still drives, but he's an, he's an ex-builder. He um, has a, all the machinery down in his workshop. He just likes tinkering away, but he's cut through a piece of timber with a nail in it. It's flung up, nailed him, screwed right in the nose. He's kept working, wondering what's that thing in his nose. He's pulled it out. Blood's pouring out. That's one thing, and he just keeps on working. Another thing, he helped us move some furniture. He tripped over, broke his finger. It was out at 45 degrees. He wanted, he said, he just said, tape it up and we'll keep working. I said, no, mate, we're going to the hospital. (laughs) So that's that. And a third one, he's carried some timber up the stairs. He's fallen over. He's He said he's got a sore rib. We find out he's got a broken rib and he just keeps working. So he's just like... Toughest man alive. He's just an old school guy that just never gives up. Yeah, exactly that. I thought he's like a cat. He's got nine lives. <laughs> he's just built differently. Philip stands, yeah, Chuck Norris. Look out. Unbelievable. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks to all the callers we couldn't get to. What a game of cricket we witnessed yesterday at the Gabba. Let's talk to Tubby. This next guest holds the prestigious title of being the only person in this studio to catch a ball in slips after juggling it off his foot. That is brilliant. He didn't panic in the slightest, but just flicked it back with his toe. Big Dell would tell you that he could do that too, but not wearing a wide-brimmed cricket hat he couldn't. We've set the Fujitsu to a comfortable 23 degrees to welcome Mark (laughs) Tubby-Taylor. Oh, I'd be happy with that for Jitsu mention. How are you, Tubbs? <laughs> Very good, boys. I love the mention. Magnificent. And the, and the wide, floppy hat. And I didn't panic in the slightest. Oh, gee, I tell you what, Richie didn't know what was going on through my head when I... When that ball came out of my hands, I can tell you there was plenty of panic going on, I can tell you. <laughs> well, you end up catching it, mate. And, of course, what about the last few days up here in Brisbane? And we were lucky enough to be there at the end for a very, very famous victory for the West Indies. It was just magical, wasn't it? It was. And, and look, obviously, we all want to see Australia win. And because they lost the, that test match, they didn't win the series. But I don't know uh, about you, Gus, but you couldn't feel help feel great for the West Indies. They played mm. so well. Um, they came over with, well, we probably all, if we're being honest, thought they were no chance of winning a test match against this Australian side. The world test champions, they'd just knocked off Pakistan 3-0. We didn't really give them much chance, but we just hoped they'd show some fight. And they, and they did more than that. They showed some talent, and they've got some talent in that side, and they showed plenty of fight. And Shamar Joseph, well, what, oh. a, what a debut, test, two test Beautiful. matches he's had. Outstanding. Mm. Tubby, I mean, just the, the moment with Shamar Joseph after the game with Brian Lara, who's been part of Triple M Cricket, it's been such a great summer with him. I mean, just how special it was to see the older players, just how proud they are of this group. Oh, absolutely. So you had Brian Lara d- down there. Jimmy Adams was part of their setup, though. I think he's their batting coach. Um, you had Ian Bishop uh, at, at the ground. Carl Hooper yep. was also working down there. All those guys have... Who, who had a touch of the great era. They, they were in the in the mid-90s, just when we were starting to really start to give them a good run. And then they've since then, they've seen, well, 20-odd years of pain, really. They they haven't really um, you know, won anything major since those sort of early 90s days. The, the World Cups have dried up there. They've done okay in, in some of the T20 stuff. But even in the last 10 to 15 years, that's dried up. And they didn't even make qualify for the 
for the 50-over World Cup last year. So things have been really tough for the West Indies. and I think they all feel it. So the guys who are playing, you could see there's the passion there, that old West Indies passion, and those old blokes can remember the good times and they want to see mm. these young guys experience what they got a little bit of. And it, it was so – it was great to see. It was refreshing and it was just good fun. It was, it was great to watch. Yeah, I was going to say that, Tubby. Like, mate, we, we all want the West Indies to do well, you know. We know what they can do in T20, and, like, they've gone missing the last couple of years, and, you know, we all know what Chris Gale went through. But when I think of the West Indies, I think back to the old days of Viv Richards and those guys, when you look at their bowling attack, you know, you're looking at Joel Garner, Kurtley Ambrose, you know, all these guns. But I reckon the best, um, you know, was um, Michael Holding, Whispering Death. But when I look at Shamar Joseph, that's what it reminds me of. He's just a pure athlete. Oh, absolutely, and they've got a few. There's no doubt about that. You, you looked at them take the field, and it looked yeah. a bit like the West Indies sides of old. They're absolute lean, mean athletes. Yeah. That's what they were, but with these big smiles on their faces. Um, guys enjoying their cricket also, so they've got a lovely blend there. And then if you look at their batting, they've got, they've got McKenzie, uh, Athanase, Hodge. These guys in the middle order, they look to me like good players. They just haven't played enough really good cricket to turn 20s and 30s and 40s into big scores. So what they do need is more competition like they've just had, more more bowling or more batting against Hazelwood, Stark and Cummins and Lyon. If, if they get that and they get their batting sorted out, they can get back to some of those halcyon days of, of the 80s and 90s because the passion's there, the fast bowling's there, the athleticism's there. It just needs more cricket, really good cricket. Tubby, then we saw the Poms get uh, get the job done on the subcontinent, a momentous <laughs> victory there. Is this the injection that, that I guess, Test cricket needed? Oh, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, I know Gus wasn't all that happy about the, the Poms no. getting up, though. He, he's, not, he's not at all happy about that. But, look, <laughs> the, the great thing is the West Indies won away. I know they beat us, but they won away from home. As you say, England gave up a 190-run first-innings deficit in India. You're, mm. you're, you're a thousand to one shot in, in that game and they've, sunk, and they've won it on the back of Ollie Pope making 196. So I, I think what it shows me and it shows all people who love their cricket that test match cricket is still the ultimate form of the game and there's no doubt the powers that be around the world have to make it even more a priority. Everyone says it's the, it's the number one game and it is, but they've got to start injecting some money into these nations like the West Indies like Pakistan, Sri Lanka and what have you, to keep their talent coming through. Because if we, we don't, we're going to lose what's been a couple of days of great Test match cricket. Now, well said, Tubby, and appreciate all your efforts in joining us on the Rush Hour, mate. Absolutely, boys. Good, Tub- to, good to talk to you. Love you, buddy, and I love for you too. I think I won Champion. the Pro-AM there one year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> the night test up in oh. Brisbane has been phenomenal. It's been run and won by the West Indies. Australia won the yep. series. But Gussie... Night three of the test, you are caught yeah. up in an incident. What happened? Yeah, unbelievable, Jude. And I'll, I'll try to sort of paint the picture and sort of set the scene for you. We're in Mary Street, which is one of the main sort of streets in Brisbane. We're staying at a hotel called The Western. And The Western has a really nice reception area where it opens up to a nice outside um, bar, and then there's another area that sort of goes out into the street. So we'd get home from the test about 9, 9.30. Everyone go to their rooms, mm. chuck their bags in, then come down and have a couple of drinks. Yes. Who now, leads the charge there? Yeah. Who leads the charge? Oh, look, Tubby. everyone. Uh, everyone. <laughs> like there's no the one that – d- Yeah, there's no one that doesn't 
does it and there's no one that gets out of a shout. Everyone is looking after each other and there's no pecking order in the cricket crew. I don't know if it's like that in, in other nah. um, stations or other sports, but everyone at Triple M, work there, you know, you do your shout, you get stuck in and everyone just enjoys each other's company. So we we're sitting there having a couple of beers. So I heard what I thought was a backfiring of a car and then I heard another backfiring of a car and soon worked out that it wasn't a car backfiring. It was actually a drive-by where a couple of blokes were hanging out of a car with a shotgun shooting at someone on the street. So the two shotguns were about sort of 10 seconds apart. The first one, everyone sort of looked at each other and thought, what is that? And then everyone, once the second one hit, Hit the deck. What? Everyone in the bar hits no. the deck. Everyone, everyone forgets about their drinks, forgets about everything else. We all wow. hit the deck because we don't know at that stage if someone's just randomly shooting or whether they're actually shooting at someone. Then we look up and we see these guys from the two out of the three have been caught, so we know they're from Nigeria, hanging out of the car with this shotgun, burning away down the street. They were having a pot shot at someone at the kebab store where a couple of us had actually gone and had a kebab, <laughs> you know, the night before. Oh, Not yeah. me personally, boys, oh, obviously, yeah. but... Oh, that diet's working a treat, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, still 30-odd yeah, kilos, so I'm happy with it. Have, didn't have a kebab, actually, that's but that's not I mean. the point. Yeah. The simple fact is, at that point, where is the shooting going to happen? Is there going to be more shooting and so forth? So I'm doing the old, uh, like a... You know, like a goanna. Yep. With my bag, leave my drink, and everyone's the same. We're all shimmying along the floor of the bar. We then get up around reception and dive into the area where all the lifts are. Now, we filled three lifts with people that have come off the street, wow. people that were in the bar, um, staff members, and I was left with myself. Brad Haddon and a couple that had come off the street that had a little baby in a pram. So we went up and I said to them, why don't you just come and stay in my room until this all gets settled down? So I had a couple and their child in the pram in my room for about half an hour, looking out my window, seeing all the cops arrive, seeing it all getting sort of cordoned off. We then realised it were probably okay to go back down again. But no one, no one was killed. Uh, two out of three have been caught. The car got firebombed in the end to try to get rid of the evidence. Wow. And there was about five or six people getting treated for shrapnel, you know, broken glass that had broken and sort of cut their legs or arms or, or faces wow. and so forth. So what could have been a real, real disaster ended up not being much at all, but it was the shock, boys. Yeah. The yeah. shock of hearing the shotgun and not knowing sure. in this day and age if they were wandering down the street just taking pot shots at people. Well, in other countries it's so, you know, so commonplace, but it, yeah, mm. that, that not, first feeling, yeah. not, not in... Not usually in Brisbane, old, old sleepy town city... Um, Brisbane country town. Exactly right. And there was another. You regrouped and then went back down for another drink. Well, that, that, I actually didn't. So I I want to put my hand up here and say that I was a little bit of a granddaddy that night. We've got a WhatsApp group for the cricket guys, and the boys were saying, oh, look, everything seems to be okay now. Uh, Dan Ganane sent a photo of my wine that I'd left on the table. He said, you're going to come down and have it. I said, boys, you don't know what else is going to happen. There might be a retaliation or whatever. So get your asses up into bed, and you don't need another drink. It's already 11 o'clock by this stage, but no, they kicked on. And a few of them went to the valley and kicked off into the the nightclub. So there you go. Nah, Nah, glad to see everyone's safe and, and well, mate. Yeah, that's great, Gussie. Uh, I'm glad that you're still here, mate. Um, Yeah, mate, that's a great story. Hey, boys, today, 
school's back for some some kids across the yeah. state. Uh, uh, a few pu- pupil free days, and my youngest will start later on this week as well. But I had my oldest uh, start high school today. Aww. Talk about the oh, nerves so and a, a few tears from mum. I think on the way dropping her off, but um, she's ready to go. She's yeah. definitely ready to roll. She's a pretty confident young girl, but yes. then the hesitation when they. You know, just about to jump in the car, and she's got this crisp new outfit, uh, which will be absolutely <laughs> torn, to shreds, uniform, torn to shreds pretty soon, I reckon. But uh, I tell you what, it's a pretty special day. But, but not oh. just, yeah, you're not just a special day. Sorry, Gus, here you go. No, you're right, mate. Not just a um, special day for your, um, you know, for your, girl, uh, for your girls, but also it's your anniversary, mate. It is. Yeah, yes, the beautiful Annette Bolton. How many years has it been now? You've been married. Uh, we are at the second seven-year itch now. So uh, yeah, no, we've been uh, <laughs> been around for a while. But uh, no, well, I, happy anniversary I to, to my wife. I spoke to your missus today. Oh, really? Just made sure How she was that? all right. How often's that? <laughs> Look, no more, no more than a couple of times a week. <laughs> um, we obviously send videos and so forth. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, she seems happy at the moment, so you just keep hanging in there, brother. Um, but in terms of your daughter, yeah. great memories, of course, of that. And you sent a beautiful video on our WhatsApp group mm. for or for our team here at the Rush Hour. And you could see the excitement in everyone's um, eyes and, and, the, and the, the way that they were sort of uh, c- clowning around and having a little fun. And your youngest daughter will be looking at going, I can't wait to get there myself. Well, so. that's what, yeah, she was, she's only grade three, uh, going into grade four. And she's like, when am I going to high school? And like, you just bide your time, little one. Beautiful girls. It goes yeah. quick too, so make sure you grasp every yep. moment. Don't miss it. Find out who the hot teachers are so you go to the parent-teacher night, all that stuff. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. And I tell you what, lads, the seven-time Super Bowl winner Tom Brady has been in the country, but we thought we'd bring a real sailor to the table. And let's bring Tristan Sailor, who got a chance to meet Tom Brady. How are you, Tristan? Hello, how are you guys? Mate, what was it like meeting the uh, the superstar? It was awesome. I think there was a certain aura while waiting around for him to come out. And when he did, I think the room went a bit silent. Um, and he's way bigger than you think. He's about six seven, six eight, So he just carries that aura with him as well, just because of his physical appearance as well. I tell you what, every single person, I'm up, up Brizzy at the moment, so many people that I've met today said it was one of the great nights just to listen to that man. And then he threw some balls into the crowd as well. It was just like nothing that you'd ever sort of seen before. Yeah, it was so good. I think someone with that much experience and he didn't have it easy coming through. He was telling stories about him working his way through high school and college and NFL. And that really resonated, I think, with everyone. There were a lot of athletes in the room. The Lions were there. Us Bronx boys were there. And, um, yeah, everything he said, just surrounding mindset and how he worked his way to where he was. Um, I think heaps of boys soaked it in and hopefully took a lot from it. Uh, Tristan J. Saylor, I just want to know, um, you know, the off-season, it's been tough. Kevy's been tough after the grand final last year. You've obviously got a really good bond with guys like Reese Walsh and Ezra Mann. Um, what, what have you worked on in the off-season? Yeah, we've been, we've done a lot of, a lot of footy stuff, which is good. Um, we've got a fairly fit team, but we've just sort of been plugging in, doing footy stuff. We've got a couple of people in different positions with, Selwyn in the centres and stuff like that. So sort of working on combos. Um, we had our last testing day today, so sort of into, I guess, pre-in-season uh, now, so it's good. Trist, where'd you learn your kicking from? Because it certainly wasn't your dad. And what? Oh, and we saw him under a few high balls back in the day. He looked very, very suspect. Where'd you learn all that? Well, I'd have to say everything I get, I get from mum. Um but no, I, I really don't know. Probably catching, to be honest, Dad wasn't a bad kicker back in the day. He used to put some bombs up to me. I'd swallow them, but it was still good practice. Um, 
to get me get me to where I am now. Hey, Look, Tr- I reckon. Oh, sorry, Tris, I'm going to ask you this. Like, you know, I know everyone gives me a bit of a rap and that, and obviously your sister's a good athlete, but your mum. She was actually a pretty fair athlete herself. She uh, Queensland basketball, Queensland touch, and she also beat Kathy Freeman in two hundred meter race when she was about fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, she always um, she always brings up Kathy Freeman. She <laughs> loves to tell everyone about that. Um, no, she's very humble, so we use it we use it a little joke against her. But yeah, she was very athletic, and I think she would have kicked on if she didn't have a beautiful son who was the <laughs> light of the light of her life. <laughs> <laughs> I love this sale so much more than the one we have to work with every day. Hey, uh, what about what about Vegas? Um, the other two boys aren't allowed to go, but I'm going. Um, I, I, You're sending I the talk- smart, responsible sailor to Vegas. Oh, oh. I, I was talking. I was talking to Adam Reynolds. He came on in and did the cricket commentary for half an hour with us. What an absolute champion! And unfortunately, he's going to be fit to play against the Roosters. But how much are you looking forward to going? He's really excited. Yeah, no, it should be awesome. I think we got to camp in LA for about a week and then go to Vegas for those three days. I think just the opportunity to expand the game internationally is really cool. And I guess just to have that experience of the US, and we've got a partnership with the Rams, so we get to train at their stadium and then. To go to the Raiders Stadium be really cool. Um, so everyone's looking forward to it. It's, it's something that um, has definitely helped get us through preseason. Hey, Tris, I, I was quite surprised. I know you moved to the Gold Coast, um, you know, with your partner. Um, is it about eight or ten of the boys actually live at the Gold Coast? But yeah, you know, you're yeah. based in Brisbane. There's a fair few, I'd say. Yeah, there's probably about eight. I think um, it tends to be a few of the single boys because they get a bit bored in Brizzy. I think so. We got the beach, go for surfs, and. Um, you sort of get used to the drive, so there's a fair few of us down there, so it's a nice little crew. Well, we wish you all the best for this season, Tristan, and thanks for jumping on the rush hour with your dad, mate. Thanks, guys. Good to speak to you. Yeah, to go Kansas on, City. Yeah. That's my team. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely not. Boys, uh, I tell you what. Crocs at the oh. gym. Oh, oh so good. Absolute oh. So, disgrace. No, no. What? Yeah. I, made, I, I know you're, you're an advocate. It. I know you're an advocate yeah. of, uh, you know, Crocs and you wear them into the studio and you've got your yeah. hobbit yeah. feet and the like, but <laughs> this has been bobbing up at local gyms across the country and it's it started, there was a bit of a trend in some of the basketball weights rooms and some of the football teams have been wearing them at their, at their clubs. Hmm. But socks and Crocs in the gym. I just don't yeah. understand it. I just think it's just ridiculous. Yeah, oh, mate, it's, it's embarrassing, it, Gus. It's comfort. And it's all about, you know, you, it's all about, you know what you're doing. You're doing your upper bottle, upper body, you're doing your legs and so forth. Get yourself nice and comfy. Oh, have the mate. Crocs on. More and more people are getting there. What you're upset about, you two clowns, is that you didn't get onto this whilst everyone else mate. was getting onto it. Now you've been left behind with your dodgy bloody thongs. It's all about the Crocs, mate. And it's getting everywhere. Oh, Soon there'll mate. be business men walking around with and business women with Crocs. It's just the future. Get on board. Mate, oh. you're obviously not lifting enough weight because you're not oh, you're yeah. not worried about having a you know closed shoe over your toes Look, because if well, you drop the, if you drop the dumbbell <laughs> yeah. on that that thing, it's not going to save you, is it? Mate, what was the last time you dropped a dum- a dumbbell on yourself? <laughs> what an yeah. absolute load of rubbish! <laughs> Who cares what sort of yeah. shoes you've got on? You just want to be not wearing steel caps, but I'm not Look, wearing Crocs. Yeah. I can assure exactly. you. Like to be honest, mate, at, at my gym, at my gym at Flow Athletic, there. Oh, 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 oh plug, plug, no, plug! We don't we don't allow Crocs in our gym, mate. 
<laughs> that's rubbish. Let's get well, the person from Flo yeah. on the phone. I bet you she'll be very happy as long as you cough up your membership. So, yeah. She won't care what yeah. Crocs yeah. or what shoes you got. It's, it's Kate Kendall. It's Joey's missus who owns a gym with Ben Lucas. Oh, I love her. She's well, great. Let, yeah. Well, i tell you what. There's, there's some gyms are banning this. I know that people are chasing the comfiness, uh, but i tell you what. It's just ridiculous. I just well, you're not going to get my no, money if you no, ban the croc. No. That's as simple as yeah. that. That's a croc of you know what. Yeah, let's talk about Test Cricket. It is back. West Indies beat Australia. England beat India. But Australia still on top of the world. They're number one. South Africa yeah. two. New Zealand three. Bangladesh in fourth. Uh, and England in eighth. Yeah. How good yeah, is it to see, boys? Yep. England a little bit down <laughs> yep. the table. Absolute goal. What about the tennis last night? Oh. Over four million people watched it on seven. And the red-headed sinner from Italy got the job done, Jude. Well, Medvedev, he, had, he absolutely looked amazing in the first two sets. and But he... He spent so many hours on court and you could just see, you know, Yannick Sinner just really put the rope dope to be honest. He just hung in there and then slowly built into the game and what a young star to hit the stage. Oh, it's great, but it's just great for there's a changing of the guard. You know, Djokovic, when he beat Djokovic, when, when he beat Djokovic, I, I just said I want this young bloke to win because the way that it, it's been Djokovic is for a long time. But the way mm. that he played the composure for a young man to do that, two sets down, I thought he's tightened up here and then he found something. And Sabalenka got it done in <gasps> the women. Yeah. She was so strong. Yeah. Exactly right. But obviously, you know, we're not going to have Djokovic much for much longer, you wouldn't think. And then you've got Federer's gone, Nadal's gone, so you're mm. absolutely right. Murray's gone as well. What about the Chiefs and the 49ers into the Super Bowl? The Chiefs beat the Ravens, and that was just, you know, Mahomes is just different gravy. He's just built different. But the Lions, Dan Campbell, their coach, who's always had this very aggressive, let's take it on type attitude. He had a couple of coaching decisions he'd love to have back. They were leading by 17. After those two decisions, the the scores were tied. And in the end, the 49ers got it done, Jude. Yeah, they were sensational. I mean, the, the 49ers uh, really started poorly. And as you mentioned, the aggressive nature on fourth down, particularly from the, the Lions, they've cost themselves. And now we get to see the Chiefs and the 49ers in a couple of weeks. So. Exactly. And we're going to have a, we're going to obviously have all the rundown into the lead up of that and after it as well. What about in the in the A-League at the moment? Central Coast are in second. Western Sydney one is fourth. Sydney FC fifth. So three New South Wales teams there or there and abouts. And to be determined, our opponent, Dell, uh, playing on the 3rd of February and the Socceroos through to the quarterfinals of the Asia Cup. Yeah, for sure, Gussie. And can I just give a wrap to our Aussie men and women sevens? They both got silver medals over there in uh, Western Australia. Obviously, Ireland, Ireland won the women's and the men, uh, Argentinians, they're playing well, so it was great. Yeah, their sevens were absolutely dominant. And just last up, the Aussie Diamonds won the Netball Nations Cup. They're the best in the business. They had a 20-goal win over England to win that. We expect them to win it, mm. but... You know, they've got so much pressure on themselves. So with all the pay dispute as well, good on them. Yep. They put that all aside and they're rock and roll and they're the best in the world. Time to welcome a very special guest in Saskia Trowbridge to the Rush Hour. Welcome to the show, Saskia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good on you and congratulations. You are a teen lifesaver and you carried out a daring rescue last week and you saved people's lives how did it all happen? How did it unfold? Tell our listeners. Um, well, about five hours, uh, sorry, five hours, five minutes after I got on patrol, um, we got a radio call saying there are 
couple of teenage boys who got into a bit of trouble after jumping off the cliff next to the blowhole. Mm -hmm. So I headed out with the driver, Adam, um, in the boat. We went round and we saw it was going to be impossible due to the, the rough waves to, um, to go to the cave where they were and pick them up from there. So I ended up having to jump in and swim over to the cave myself and bring them back. Saskia, I saw it on Sunrise and it's been all over socials. It's Wendell Saleh, but for a 16-year-old girl to have that composure, um, you know, you didn't get angry, you just got the boys and you, you, you did what you had to do. Uh, can I just say, were you ever, like, scared or nervous for your life? I was definitely scared. The, the conditions were super rough. Mm. The waves were quite big and it was, it, was, it was quite frightening at times, you know, especially when I was near the rocks being pushed up against them. But I, I never felt unsafe um, because I knew I had this whole team, you know, behind me on the beach and in the boats, you know, working the radios and doing everything. Um, and I, I know that they would have had my back if something went wrong. Saskia, you started as a junior in, in nippers. Did you ever think you'd be making these types of major rescues on Sydney's beaches? Uh, no, um, definitely not. I mean... Usually, you know, Warrywood's quite a quiet beach. Um, I mean, we get a lot of jumpers um, out near the blowhole, but most of the time it's pretty pretty low-key and, you know, nothing really happens. But every now and then we do get a, a bigger call. But, no, I, I never expected anything like this. What's the message you've got for, like, you know, young people or even adults, you know, doing these dangerous things? What's your message for them going forward? Um, well, as a club, uh, the blowhole around the blowhole area and the people who, who like to jump off the cliff there, um, they are a big source of our rescues. They keep us busy. Um, so I definitely say to people who are considering it or who have done it or who are going to do it, you know, definitely just really consider the conditions, the waves, you know, there's the submerged rocks that you might not be able to see. There's so many potential dangers so we really really discourage it it can be so risky um but if you are absolutely adamant to do it never go alone incredible saskia i mean the fact that you're 16 and and pulling off such a, an incredible rescue on on one of these beaches it's just a phenomenal yeah. and the outpouring from the likes of the state premier how have you dealt with it all oh it, it i mean it's been a bit of a ride i've I, I finished patrol that day and it seemed like half the country wanted to call me. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, I was never expecting anything like this, but um, I'm just I'm just really happy that the boys are safe and that everything worked out well in the end. Oh, incredible Good effort. And thanks for joining us on The Rush Hour, Saskia. Thank you so much. Have a great Thank afternoon. You. We're proud of you. Thank I, you. I've got to tell you, yeah. boys, growing up, yeah. that's exactly what we used to do. Of course. All of us, we used to drive down Monavale Road. Yeah. And we'd get off at Warriwood and we'd jump off that blowhole. Mm. And I tell you, it was fun. It was yep. exciting. But when you see those waves and you see, you know, probably now with mature eyes or <sighs> with father's eyes, I'm like, what in the hell were we doing? Yeah. Well, seeing Saskia going up onto yeah. the rocks Rock and then having mate. to dive back off with, with those guys, yeah. like, yeah, wow. Incredibly lucky. Yeah. Yep, what an absolute hero. We, gee, we, we've got a few good young Aussies out there and we should yeah. uh, promote them even more and, and, and tip our lid to them. But well done to also the lifesavers. We know how much they work and what they put in. So, you know, let's, you know, let's obviously get behind them and, mate, you know, and let's, let's be smarter around the beaches and the water. Swim between the flags. <laughs> Big show tomorrow. We've got Grant Denya and Liz Hayes on the show. Join us tomorrow on The Rush Hour. 
the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.